0: A little more about prayer, amen. We're getting uh, tonight's lesson is uh, who to pray to, and uh, and then who who is it who is it for, amen. Uh, the subjects of the persons addressed in prayer and the subjects of prayer, and of course, we we pretty much experience and we we're practicing it already. When we pray for ourselves, when we pray for others, and we'll see a little bit more about that uh, with the scriptures. All right. So, as the outline continues about prayer, the persons addressed in prayer. We're going to go through the outline right now. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. The persons addressed. One of the things I do like, and I'm glad uh, the study points it out. is, and we'll see it in just a second, is that the Holy Spirit is not uh, addressed um, as far as praying to the Holy Spirit. And uh, what we see directly, oftentimes, you know, we're to pray to God and in Jesus' name. And then another time we see, uh, you know, God the Son, God the Father, God, God the Father and God the Son, and we'll see the Scriptures there. that backs that up, but... Uh, by the precedent established by, and this is uh, uh, by the practice of the Spirit filled men in the scriptures, it is known, it is shown to be proper to pray to Jesus Christ. But the question is, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself about praying to the Holy Spirit. You know, it's never, never, ever that way. In fact, as we pointed out in other, just pre- preaching in other times. Um, the Spirit, we learn, when we learn about the Spirit, and when we, we learned about the Spirit in other times, the Spirit always points to Jesus for God the Father's glory. And, um, and that's just kind of the way that it all works. And we see a little bit of that in our prayer life as well. So Acts chapter 12 and verse number 5, uh, we're, pray, you know, pray, we're to pray, the person's addressed in our prayers is God. Um, So Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Unto God for him. So God, who is the supreme and sovereign ruler of the universe, is the proper object of prayer. All prayer should be addressed to him. I'm going to jump way ahead to the doctrinal statement at the end of this section. And the doctrinal statement says the goal of prayer is the ear of God. The goal goal of prayer is the ear of God. And we already have talked about the negative things that would keep that would hinder our prayers. You know, iniquity in our hearts, the uh, the ought with others. You know, sometimes you have to you come to the altar but you can't pray until you go and fix things with somebody else and come back, and then with your offering, if you want to put it that way. And so so there are hindrances to our prayer, but the ultimate go is the ear of God. You know, when we've heard, uh, heard it put this way, that it seems like our prayers are getting no higher than the ceiling, or it seems like heaven is brass, that's another... Uh, another way of uh, an expression of putting that our prayers are just not getting through because when we pray, we are, we are going to God and I, I do pray the way that Hebrews points it out, you know, that we, uh, I thank God for allowing me to come before, boldly before the throne of grace uh, to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need and, uh, and, I, and, and just just the ability to go to him and the desire to go to him and, you know, when, when you have that desire and he's pulled away from you because of iniquity in your heart or you have that desire, you know, you really need the help and you can't get a hold of anybody, <laughs> then it makes it rough uh, because of maybe some circumstance or sin or whatever in your life that's keeping you from getting God's ear. So we are to pray to God like the church did There in Acts, they were praying uh, for Peter. Uh, The church was, that was everybody, unto God for him. All right, so God the Father, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, we know this is the model prayer. And verse number 9. Let's see here. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All right, so uh, it says, you know, we've got some C Furthers here. We can grab a couple of those. Uh, let's go to John 17. Brother Glenn was just there. Uh, this is Christ's uh, prayer to his Father. And uh, so we see his example. In this as well, he's praying because he gives us the example of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, he tells that uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. But then he also is uh, the example in his prayer to his father. Uh, John chapter 17, verse number 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. Also in verse number 11, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep, th- keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. And so an example there. So go back to John 16 and verse 23. Let's see here. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So there's to God in general, then to God the Father, we've given you the examples there. Jesus by precept and example has taught us to pray to God the Father. We're also to pray to God the Son, First Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1, let's pick up in verse number 1. We're going to go to verse 2. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, so to pray to the Son. Um, and then, let's see here, there was a couple here that I, I guess it was there that I was, uh, so while we're there in Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Well, that doesn't work. It's all right. Uh, I know why. Let's go to Second Timoth, Timothy 2. One of the things I did want to point out, I'll get to that in a minute. Second Timothy 2 and verse 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So it implies calling upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, God the Son. So by the precedent established, by the practice of the Spirit-filled men in the Scriptures, it is known to be proper to pray to Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things I wanted to point out that I have been thinking about long before, or maybe, I don't know if this prompted me to think about it this way or... I was thinking about it prior to, I think I was thinking about it prior to, because oftentimes, and I, and I think maybe when I, we've dealt with prayer in the past, oftentimes when I bow, even though we may close our prayer with in Jesus' name, I often, because of John chapter 14, uh, and, and uh and we just read it there in John 16, but we, we quote, I, you know, I mention this often, in John 14, 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so we're to pray in Jesus' name. We're to pray to God. We'll pray to God the Father. We'll pray to God the Son. When we pray to God the Father... We just read, we're to pray in Jesus' name. We've seen it also in John chapter 16. But you can go what, Southwest 59th Street, <laughs> down around uh, Jimmy's Roundup Cafe. <laughs> you could walk up and down the block and you can probably say, Hey Jesus, is there any Jesus around here? Jesus, any Jesus around here? And you probably find a few. And that got me thinking, when I'm praying, and I say, in Jesus' name, well, there's a lot of Jesuses, there are a lot of Jesuses by name. There's only one Jesus Christ, our Lord. So even though I still may say, in Jesus' name, or Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, it made me start thinking, I'm like, we to pray in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name, in his name. It, says, it just says, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. But then I get to thinking. So I've been praying. And yes, sometimes I just say in Jesus' name. But then there's more often times now I'm saying, Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name, I come to you. That distinguishes who I'm talking about. And uh, so it's just a thought. It's just something that, that I've been thinking about and practicing a little bit more. It honors the Son. It's exactly right. And so it distinguishes who the Son is, which Jesus we're talking about, Jesus Christ our Lord. You go to Mexico, there's a lot of Jesus's, but there's only one Jesus Cristo. <laughs> uh, uh, and so they make that distinguish uh, that distinguishment by putting Cristo with Jesus, all right? So Jesus Christ. So I've been praying that way, something to consider. Uh, when it says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, I want to be prayerful in the right name. <laughs> so like I said, I've been thinking about that and I've been practicing. So maybe it's something to think about yourself and just uh, uh, consider. All right, so the question sometimes, here it is, the question sometimes asked should we pray to the Holy Spirit? There is nothing to forbid prayer to the Holy Spirit except the absence in scriptures of any precedent or example of doing. I just read, and he gives the example in Matthew 5. When you pray, it says, you know, he said to go into your closet. But then he also said, when you pray, he says, pray this way Our Father. Pray to the Father. And he just said right there in John chapter 14, pray to the Father in my name. And like I said, the absence of a a scripture, you don't see anybody praying to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us. We know the Holy Spirit, and it's not in here, but the Holy Spirit mediates for us. We're familiar with that in Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for. Verse number 26, Romans 8. For we know not what we should pray for. As we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Uttered, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we're to pray to God the Father in Jesus in Jesus Christ our Lord's name. And we are often, when we can't pray, when we don't have words for our prayers, the indwelling Holy Spirit maketh intercessions for us. And the one that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So the spi- thats the spirit in prayer, I believe. And um, and I think there's the scripture we need is the fact that as we're praying, if and to maybe keep us from praying amiss, uh, to to check our motives in our prayers, that indwelling Holy Spirit uh, makes that connection and intercession. The Bible puts it with God in our prayers. Again, because he maketh intercession for us, for the saints according to the will of God. Praying in the will of God, who helps us pray in the will of God? The indwelling Holy Spirit. (laughs) So I think there's where the Spirit falls in, in the prayer. So um, this is also something to be considered though, uh, talking about the, the communion there's no recorded prayer in the Bible to him but the communion of the Holy Spirit is spoken of some may think that this implies prayer but I, if it does imply prayer I think it, it's, in, it's the implications we find in 26 and 27 of Romans chapter 8 it's the Spirit of God making intercession and checking and the groanings which cannot be uttered to God and there's that communion if we're If we are walking in the spirit, we've not grieved the spirit, we've not quenched the spirit, and we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we're making connection, again, like it points out, the goal of prayer is the ear of God. So the spirit intercedes on our behalf according to the will of God there. So the scriptures intimate that prayer is to be made to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son, in the power and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, the relation, and he, and he gives and he gives in the outline the Ephesians chapter 2 as far as a, a reference. I've, I chose Romans 8, but Ephesians 2, uh, 18. The eyes of your understanding, I know this is not the beginning of the sentence, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the the saints. Uh, I don't know, am I in the right? No, I'm in the wrong place. 18, 2, I was in 1. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Through him is Jesus Christ. We pray to the Father, through the Son... But it's accessed by the Spirit. So I think that's the way it works. So again, the goal of prayer is the ear of God. So we pray to God, to God the Father. We can pray to God the Son. We definitely pray to God the Father in the name of the Sons, in the name of the Son. And then we're made intercession. Intercession is made on our behalf by the Spirit. So the subjects of prayer, the subjects of prayer ourselves. Again, John chapter 17, uh, Jesus Christ was praying for himself. These words speak Jesus and lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also glorify thee. So the subject was himself. So we can go to God in prayer for ourselves. But then there's others. Well, actually, it breaks down to a lower one. We can go to, our, to God the Father for ourselves if, our, if we're lacking in wisdom. I've already quoted this recently in the last several weeks, James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So we, pray, so we can pray for ourselves as lacking wisdom. We can pray for ourselves as in destitute circumstances, So Psalm 102, do you want to turn with me? Psalm 102, 102. we can pray when we're in destitute circumstances. Oftentimes, that's the only time we pray. Shame on us. (laughs) If we'd been praying before circumstances got destitute, maybe we wouldn't have been in a destitute manner, all right? But um, Psalm 102 In verse 17, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Thank the Lord for that. All right, so uh, as under oppression, as under oppression, so we are to pray for ourselves as under oppression. He gives Exodus chapter 22. And, of course, we know who was in oppression back in Exodus. (laughs) Chapter 22, verses 22 and 23. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. Let me go ahead and get the sentence. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. So if they cry, then he's surely going to hear it. And so we, can, we ourselves, praying for ourselves, we can cry for ourselves as lacking wisdom, as in a destitute circumstance, or under oppression. And then as afflicted, James chapter 5. Way back over here, James chapter 5. You know where I'm going. Because it says, is any of you afflicted? All right, so James five. So if we're afflicted, James five and verse thirteen. Is any of you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing Psalms. So if we're afflicted, then we can pray. So we we ourselves are the subject of prayer and can pray as as if we're lacking wisdom, as destitute circumstances, under oppression as as afflicted, and then we pray for fellow Christians. While we're there at James uh, 5, let's look at verse number 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Not just ourselves, but one for another. That ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we can pray for fellow Christians. And then uh, let's go to Romans 1. to see further here. I did look this one up. And of course, all through... Often, I should say, and all through many of Paul's writings, we see a very similar address when it comes to uh, the address of many of his epistles, where he uh, expresses prayers for fellow Christians, for the saints. So Ephesians, I'm sorry, Romans 1 verse 9, for God is my witness, whom I serve with, my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. So I like that part. Without ceasing, he made, he made mention. Always. Without ceasing and always. Good words there, Paul, writing to the Roman church. So we are, let's see here, fellow Christians, we should pray for one another, believers should pray for fellow believers, all right. So then for Christian workers, for Christian workers, Ephesians 6, and I often quote this one when it comes to me, and you, your prayers for me, when we went through Ephesians 6 a couple of summers ago when we got back from camp, and we got down to going through the yeah, the armor of God. Uh, of course, there's always contention. Some, were, just like Lisa pointed out, she said she's she was studying for um, the um, beatitudes as we know it, the blesseds. there in Matthew five. She says, "How many are there?" And I said, "What do you mean, how many are there?" Well, she said, "Well, some says there's eight, and some people says there's 9 Just like. They do the same thing with the armor of God. Is prayer one of it, or is prayer not one of it? And so, anyway. But, um, so I, I turned to Matthew chapter 5. and said, well, there's nine blesseds. I said, I can see where some would talk about there being eight because of the the words that are in the eighth one and the ninth one. Seem very similar. But I said, there are nine words blessed. So, I say nine. So, anyway. But... Um, but I could see where there might be some people that said, say eight because of the two subjects or the subject found in the eighth one and the ninth one. But anyway, Ephesians chapter six, again, this is the end of the armor of God. Verse number 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There it is again and watching thereunto thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. So we're to pray for Christian workers. It says all saints there, but it goes on. And for me, Woo! he's talking about the preacher, talking to the Ephesian church, and for me, how, how to pray for the preacher. That utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, and therein... I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, so for Christian workers, pray for them. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, let's do a see further. Let's go to Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right, Colossians four, in verse three. Let's just let's pick up one masters. Give to your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. All right, so praying for others. So ministers and messengers of the gospel have a prominent place in the prayers of Christians. So when we talk about praying for Brother Powell as he comes Sunday, pray for Brother Powell. I don't know Brother Powell. Well, pray for him. Pray that God will give him the message that you need. Not my brother, not my mother, not, but it's me, oh God. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer. All right, so pray, for, pray to God that he would give you what you need through the preaching. Not just, and also in prayer, but through the preaching, and uh, um, that uh, that God would just lay it on him, and he'd just lay it out, lay us out, <laughs> lay me out, uh, and 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 fix what needs to be fixing. Hopefully, uh, or at least let us know what needs to be fixing, and we can go to the altar and get it fixed. Hopefully, so. Uh, but anyway. If, if the Lord should lead that way, he may, he may be preaching an evangelistic message. I don't know, but just pray that God would, you know, use him in that way. And as I preach, when Brother Chris preaches here for us, then uh, just pray when we know that whoever's going to be preaching, pray for our, our April meeting, pray for uh, June's meeting, that God would touch these men with the message uh, and that they would all hit home runs and and that's just a, an analogy there, but, but uh, you know, that we would be sensitive. Oftentimes, just like after I left here Sunday, in fact, when was it? My days are running together having Monday off. Something between now and then, Sunday and now, um, after we left, you know, I'm like, I, re, I mean, I was really hoping. I mean, I, 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 it, it, it went a different direction, which I think God was in. I know God was in it, but but then I thought well, I could just go right back this coming Sunday, take the same text of Scripture there about Eliezer, and just preach more on that rock. I mean, I, I kind of hit some of the some of the. Um, reference scriptures there in psalm and and another i didn't go to the the you know lifted me up out of the pit you know placed me on the rock established my going i could i could i could could just go right back in sunday and i think i'll i think i said i think i'll just go out sunday and take the text and just preach that direction with it and the holy spirit said you ain't preaching sunday brother powell is i'm like oh Oh, yeah (laughs) so Maybe he'll take it and preach it. I don't know. Anyway, but pray for Christian workers. So then pray for young converts. First, First Thessalonians. I really like this one. Oftentimes we, you know, we're glad to see them come in, but then too many times we neglect the young converts. And something I've like, got to be careful. First Thessalonians 3. And, of course, he has two scriptures here, 9 and 13, but we'll just read down through 13. Praying for young converts. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God? Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might, here it is, perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And I guess this is where Mr. Bancroft mentions the young converts because of the perfecting of the lacking. And a young convert needs, you know, some growth, so maybe that's where he's getting it. That's all I can figure, but I'd say that's probably where. Now, God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So establish your hearts unblameable in holiness, and then the fact uh, that and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. That was a pray, praying exceedingly, that we might see your face and so praying for the perfecting of the saints and that they would come to that place of establishment, if you want to put it that way. Hearts established, unblameable in holiness. And there again, again, and I think you know, these, these type of scriptures here, because we see not just Jesus, because he mentions praying there in verse number. Uh, 10, night and day praying exceedingly. But then he goes on to say, to the end he may establish, he may establish your hearts and blameable in holiness before God, even our Father. So there's praying to the Father at the coming of our, and he mentions not just Jesus, but he mentions Lord Jesus Christ. So again, that kind of makes me think, which Jesus am I praying in? The name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or just Jesus. And I think the Spirit of God would know our hearts and make that utterance that we are praying in the Lord Jesus Christ's name when we're praying in Jesus' name. I think He knows our hearts and would make that, like I said, make that intercession and translate that utterance for us. But then it just, like I said, got me thinking that I may just need to say it. Maybe not all the time, but... More than I'm doing, so there's that. And then, so we pray for young converts or beginners in the Christian life should include should be included among the subjects of prayer, especially those whom we have been instrumental in leading to Christ. And then pray for the sick. We were already there in James five, fourteen through sixteen. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith And we we practice that, and again, prayer. The healing is not in the oil. Healing is not in the anointing. Healing is in the prayer of faith. So, what's the oil for? What's the anointing for? Well, the Bible tells us to do it. And and there's you know there's all kinds of symbolism there in the Old Testament scriptures. Maybe there's something there that I need to be enlightened on, and I will bring it out in a future study. But the way I read it there, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And so, but then like Brother Hall would point out when, you know, the elders of the church, and, you know, we didn't have too many old men in the church, but he would bring the men up. But he, when we practiced that at Island forward, there was times that he just, he would say, look, if your prayer, if your faith is lacking, don't even bother. Just stay where you're at. You don't believe. And it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a disgrace. It's not, a, it's not a, a put down for we men that was in the church. It's just maybe we're lacking in faith. Obviously, the disciples themselves often lacked in faith. The father of the son who was cast into the fire The disciples couldn't do it. And then Jesus Christ addressed the Father about his faith, and he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So if, if and when we have that unbelief and that lack of faith, then it's not shameful. There's examples of many great men in the Word of God that lacked at times. But our desire should be one to increase, just like their desire was. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, help thou my unbelief. And so having that desire for an increased faith and then being able to bring that to this situation here, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, anoint him with oil, and pray over them. And then there's that. So... Two principles may be laid down here concerning healing. First, there are three forms of healing. Let's see. All right. Then pray for our children. 1 Chronicles 29, way back in the Old Testament. Praying for our children. These are the objects of our prayers. I got, there's several men here. uh, There's... Four more here, I'll try to grab grab these and go pray for our children. Don't forget the children in Deuteronomy six, but we're going to be first Chronicles twenty-nine. Verses eighteen and nineteen. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. And prepare their heart unto thee and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes and to do all these things and to build the palace for for the which I have made provision. This is David praying for Solomon. So praying for your children. Of course, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. And then we kind of hit that. Let's see here. Now, Ephesians 6, 4. Nope, wrong place. There we go. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's all about praying for them. Uh, that's what his reference was. Uh, just But David being an example of praying for Solomon. Bringing up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord makes necessary earnest prayer for them on the part of the pr- pr- parents. We're to pray for our rulers, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful, uh, peaceable life with all goodliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It is God's revealed will for believers to pray for government officials. Of course, he said kings and all that are in authority. We're to pray for Israel. Pray for Israel. Well, let's back up right there because the very last one of these is to pray for all men. And we just read it, so I'm going to go ahead and grab it there. So we're to pray for our rulers, but in that same verse, verse number 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks... Be made for all men. So pray for all men, pray for our rulers, pray for all men. Also right there in that same uh, verse, pray for Israel. Romans chapter 10, two more, Romans 10. Romans 10, verse number 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's a good prayer, for Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're directed that as well in the scriptures. But pray for Israel. You know, you think about their rejection of their Messiah. And if they had accepted their Messiah back in the day, it would have been a whole different rest of the story uh, than what it is today. But they rejected it. God knew, but they rejected And we as Gentiles then were grafted in, hallelujah, for that. But we, we were grafted in. But, um, but pray for their salvation. You think about what they're going through right now, what they went through back in the day, and how persecuted they are. And uh, somebody, one of the talk show hosts that I was listening to today, I, w- I flipped back and forth between several, and I think I was going, uh, I had to go tinker tag and went up to post office after work, and it was Sean Hannity at the time, and his producer Linda was on there, and making the point of in this day that we're living in how that uh You know, you can't say this about this and that about this, uh, that about that one, and this about this one. But it's okay to to put the Jew down, the Jews down, Israel down. But you know, if you applied the same thing to any of these other gazillion groups, (laughs) then you're wrong. But it's okay to do that to them uh, in, in in the world's mind. But, you know, we, we can see the atrocities that's going on currently there and all that they're doing and fighting and so on and so forth. I've got a picture on my phone. I looked it up based on the promise given to Abraham what their land, what how much land, what their land is going to look like one of these days when the map changes. It's a big piece of property. Versus just that little sliver on the side of the sea. It's a great big piece of property. Hallelujah. And I, you know, and went to an event uh, with with Tim and Lynn and Pam uh, with an Israeli that was telling us about some things there, uh, the tunnels and all some of the stuff that was going on and how some of the political part behind it, and I, it was very enlightening. I'm glad I went. And I told them people, you know. They was trying to figure out me, figure out who I was, and uh, how I fit into all that. They realized I was nobody, and they was okay, i we're gonna go over and talk to somebody. So, uh, but I said, I, I said I'm interested in two different two different aspects of this. This, and I told the speaker, so I was interested in your in your spiel for two different aspects. One as you know, working with the military, and from a military aspect, and then two, I said I'm a pastor, and I said. From a biblical aspect, I was interested in your talk, and uh, you know, Israel is the is God's timepiece. I've heard it, heard heard it put that way, as far as the future events. You got to watch Israel, and and uh, you know, whether we get much into prophecy. I know a lot of folks that, I know one particular person. He he. What I've heard him speak sounds good, but you know sometimes folks can get off a little bit uh, because uh, you know this is the way that the scriptures are. But the the, the time the timeline and the world that we live in right now is just. And I went to a briefing the other night and or the other day, and I heard a briefing today, and and I'm thinking, and then I, I hear the news and I read my Bible, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> We're getting close, folks. It won't be very long. Yeah, it won't be. Very, that's exactly right. It won't be very long. So, But we're to pray for Israel and just knowing that in Judaism, their current religion, they're they're lost. And when we get an opportunity to influence them or pray for them, pray that they'll be saved, pray that, you know, and, and what's interesting when you hear Benjamin Netanyahu speak, he knows. He knows what Christians preach. It's a tourist site and his and Christians come and pump in tourist money. Have in the past. I know a preacher over there right now. Just got there today or yesterday. Can't remember what he's there for, but I know a preacher that he and his wife just landed. And uh so so, yeah, I mean, when, when Mr. Netanyahu gives a Christmas message for, for the, you know, the people of the United States, and you're listening to him going, you know, he's kind of like Agrippa and he's kind of like Festus, you know? You know an awful lot about we Christians. But, yeah, but you're not one yourself. And we're to pray for Israel. So, Israel should be a subject of, it says, unceasing prayer, but brethren, my heart's desire to pray for Israel is that they might be saved. We need to pray that way. And then finally, we're to pray for those who mistreat us. This is a rough one. Whew. Luke six twenty eight, Bless them that curse you. <laughs> yeah. And pray for them which despitefully use you. We see it also in Matthew five forty four, Luke 23, 34, and Acts 7. Prayer is to be the Christian's response to, response to unkind treatment. To yeah, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you could you could use David's example in prayers and the Psalms about praying for those who despitefully uses. Yeah, I get it. Or or uh, or Elijah and call down fire from you know, I'm just saying. But um, but here's the doctrinal statement there. Prayer covers the widest possible scope, including every aspect of human experience and all classes and conditions of men. So. Praying for ourselves and pray for others. Pray for all those classes and pray for ourselves in those places where we lack wisdom. Uh, when we're afflicted in those other, other areas in our lives when we stand in need of prayer. And that's the lesson tonight. So let me look at here real quick. We're winding this particular thing down, I believe. Yep. Probably next Wednesday we're done with that particular doctrine. And then there's the doctrine of the church. Should we go that way? And then I think there's the doctrine of the last things in here, and so on and so forth. But we only got one more on prayer. And we'll try to finish that up next week. So pray. Pray for Sunday services. Pray for Brother Charlie Powell. And it goes by Charlie versus Charles. Charlie Powell and his wife as they travel, we are the first stop in his spring and summer travels east and back and um, trying to report to some churches that support him and then trying to shore up some of his support by presenting his ministry in churches that don't support him and uh, and so he's uh, been out in Mexico for a long time and he's been in um, and, of course, he's out of a church in New Mexico, uh, in the Albuquerque area, I believe. Uh, one, it, so I, I was kind of touching base with him. His wife's a diabetic, and I was trying to find out what to drink, you know, and stuff like that for the, the meal that we are planning for him on Saturday night. And I told him what we had on the menu. He goes, Brother, he said, he said you're making me hungry. He said, he goes, he said, Brother, I've been in Mexico so long. He goes, I am so looking forward to just some plain down home country cook, you know, down home cooking. He goes, if if people serve me Mexican food, because people think, oh, you're a Mexican missionary. You must like Mexican food. He goes, if they serve me Mexican food, I'll eat it and be glad for it. Because I'm looking for food that's not Mexican food. Because that's all I get in Mexico. So anyway, so uh so just keep that in mind. I don't know, maybe somebody's going to bring Mexican food on Sunday, but <laughs> he's interested in some some good Oklahoman food, all right, so on Sunday, whatever. But uh, so anyway, I'm looking forward to meeting him. Seems like um, a pleasant fellow. I've talked to him on the phone. Again, I know his pastor. I know his pastor's grandfather, who was also a missionary in Mexico, uh, now an aged man in Georgia, a widower, um, and uh, off the field, and but good brothers, and um, uh, at least these pastors are. So, uh, brother Rogers and brother, uh, brother, 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 brother Reeves, brother Reeves being the grandpa. But, uh, know these family, and it's been a good family. And then, looking forward to meeting brother Powell. And so, I do pray for Sunday services. Pray that the, that the many that was here this past Sunday will show up again, and the Lord will move on hearts. And, uh, and really do a work in our, in our services on Sunday, all right? Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer.